You're listening to the Live Free Now podcast, bringing you the news, views, tips, and tools you can use to live a free, prosperous, and healthy life. Find us online at livefreenow.show. And now your host, John Bush. Hey friends, John Bush here with the Live Free Now show, bringing you news, views, tips and tools you can use for a free, prosperous and healthy life. Today I am in St. Augustine, Florida. There's my lady, my two kids back there on the beach. And today I'm going to be talking to you about why you shouldn't let COVID dominate your life. And why you should enjoy life and live life to the fullest. I'll try to be mindful of the wind here. Uh, As you know, as many of you know, the president of the United States himself got COVID-19. And appeared to beat it back pretty successfully. Who knows how much of that was for show. But after he beat the virus or disease, COVID-19 back, he said something controversial, which shouldn't be controversial at all. But he said, don't be afraid of the virus. Don't let it dominate your life. And that's what inspired the title of this video and the name of this podcast. So I'm going to be doing a little stream of consciousness, breaking down my thoughts and feelings, sharing some uh, insight, some statistics about covid Um, I want to welcome the audience. If you subscribe to the podcast or discovered my work from the Tom Wood Show recently, I was interviewed about Freedom Cells, freedomcells.org. Freedom Cells is in cell of the body, not cells, as in Freedom Cells, although it does sell. Or perhaps you're joining us from the Activist Post. I've been uh, just started contributing content there, which is super exciting, activistpost.com. They do a lot of good work, been um, awesome blog for quite some time, sharing some of my video work there. So thanks for tuning in. Um, if you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, do that at livefreenow.show. But I'm here in Florida, took a little mini vacation. My girlfriend's birthday is coming up uh, tomorrow on Friday. And her family lives here in St. Augustine. And, you know, contrary to what a lot of people thought, the, the bodies aren't piling up here. Florida. This guy surfers photo bombing, having a good time. He's definitely not letting COVID dominate his life. But here in Florida, Governor DeSantis recently lifted all of the state lockdown restrictions and mandates and all the COVID measures. And of course, a lot of folks that are afraid of COVID, they thought that it was going to be a massive disaster. There was this surge spike. I'm doing air quotes for the podcast audience. Recently in Florida and Texas as well. And it would appear as though bodies were piling up, mass emergency, war zone. But that simply wasn't the case. And it's a relief here in Florida to see more people without masks on. Uh, To go to a restaurant where the staff and the wait staff isn't wearing masks. And of course, being here in Florida, being in St. Augustine, especially, it's it's like a retirement community, basically. It's a very old historic town as well. And even a lot of the older folk aren't 
aren't wearing masks and there isn't big outbreaks. So the message that I want to deliver is not to live in fear to the point that it takes away from your quality of life, to the point that you haven't visited family and friends and loved ones, to the point that you are afraid of your fellow human beings and don't want to be near them or give them hugs or give them love. There seems to be a big divergence between two groups of people in this world nowadays in the United States. Those that are very concerned, very afraid of this COVID-19 pandemic, plandemic, scamdemic, and those that aren't so afraid and that see it in a different light. And it really puzzles me and boggles my mind how far apart these people really are and these groups really are. I've said before, I venture a lot of it has to do, uh, a lot of it has to do with how much media someone consumes. There also seems to be a polarization whereby uh, more conservative folks, folks that follow Trump, folks that are Republicans tend to not take it as seriously. Folks that are more liberal, more Democrat, folks that follow Biden tend to take it more seriously. I know that's a generalization, but that's what I'm seeing in my life. And I think a lot of it has to do with, first of all, most people, the masses in this country and globally and throughout history, a lot of people don't think for themselves or form their own opinions about things through critical thinking and through doing their own research. Their opinion is essentially handed down to them. And like I said, I think the more someone watches and consumes mainstream media, which has a incentive to ramp up the fear, the more someone consumes that media, the more afraid they're going to be. There's an incentive that the media has for a couple different reasons. One of them is just general sensationalism and fear and big stories and outrageous headlines tends to drive more traffic to their, to their shows and to their networks and to their newspapers. And this, of course, turns into more advertising. Additionally, when you look at who the advertisers are for these big mainstream media networks, CNN and MSNBC, it's all a good predominant part of it is pharmaceutical companies. And one thing that I realized halfway through this whole COVID craziness is that it seems like the COVID-19 stuff is really just a giant marketing campaign for the COVID-19 vaccine that's going to be coming out. They've just really been hammering it. And there's all these stories and, and they always end up with things are going to be different. Things are going to be a new normal until there's a vaccine, right? And if you know, if you've been studying technocracy or the Great Reset, even when a vaccine comes out, uh, the oligarchs, the globalists, the internationalists, they intend to uh, continue to have things changed and different. And so I just want to encourage people to really think critically about what's going on, to read between the lines, to make inferences. I teach my kids about reading between the lines and making inferences before. They're definitely critical thinkers through and through. Um, to, to really challenge people to have a different perspective on what's going on. CNN recently put out an article that had some 
statistics from the CDC as far as the best estimate for the infection fatality rate, the IFR, infection fatality rate, is the number of cases and the, the ratio between the number of cases and the number of people that die. And uh, not too far back, they had said that the highest, best case scenario for infection fatality is 0.26%, meaning of all the people that get COVID, 0.26 actually die. Then recently, they put out some newer numbers that broke that number down by age group. And for most people, except for those 74 and above, the infection fatality rate is is so low and minuscule, less than 0.1 for a significant chunk of the chunk of the population. And I think that really puts things into perspective. There's a lot of people. There's. I want to make this point, too. This is a really big point. Public health and a lot of the media that parrot the public health measures and the public health statistics, they are acting as if there's one value. There's one factor that's important, and that's people's health, safety, security, right? That's not the only factor. This is something Tom Woods points out pretty good. That's not the only factor at play here. There's other factors like liberty for one of them, which is an important factor factor for me. Quality of life is another factor, as is uh, economics, find the financial life of individuals. So when you have this one-size-fits-all, top-down approach that we see with government, usually one factor will win out. And that factor, the chosen factor, the chosen value for everyone that lives within the United States of America and most other Western countries is public health. But that's not the only factor at play. There needs to be a balance, right? And we need to have a more decentralized approach because there are many people, myself included, that have good, strong immune systems that have a different perspective on the virus, right? It's, it's so frustrating arguing and debating with people that don't recognize this, right? And they only see it in one light. Uh, they only see it through one lens. There's a whole different slew of reasons why, precisely why, we shouldn't have a one-size-fits-all policy. One of them is people have a different perspective on how we ought to deal with the virus. And every time someone mentions the word herd immunity, there's hit pieces that go out. You can tell the tone of the, uh, the announcer or the bureaucrat or the media personality is almost one of ridicule and disdain. But there's a lot to be said about herd immunity. There's even been some documents that have come out that have a whole lot of signatories, some of them Harvard Health and all sorts of really prestigious universities and uh, epidemiologists that are saying the proper approach, now that we have more information, is to protect and to secure those individuals that are in high-risk groups with pre-existing conditions, folks that are very old or that have, that have fallen ill, and to let everyone else go about their lives, let the virus spread. Just recently in Italy, they're having another surge, right? Who really knows? I'm doing air quotes, surge, spike, whatever. A lot of it has to do with testing cases. What's really important is deaths and hospitalizations. But Italy had extreme lockdowns and extreme measures and did just about everything that they possibly could do. Yet the virus is still continuing to work its way through the community. 
that's why Tom Woods had another post recently and he, he was um, sharing someone's content, but it said viruses are going to virus. That's what viruses do. So some people have a completely different perspective on how we ought to deal with the virus in the first place, believing that the best approach for a virus that isn't nearly as deadly as everyone thought in the first place is to allow those that are at low risk for the virus to go about their lives. But that's not what's taking place. Everything's been crashed. Everything's been decimated. Another reason why it's frustrating to talk to people when they only have a one-size-fits-all approach is when it comes to viruses, there's some research and some doctors, some scientists that see viruses in a completely different light, not as though they're the devil or they're evil or they're going to cause so much harm and decimation to human beings. Dr. Zach Bush, MD, is one of them. He points out that viruses, without viruses, there would be no humans, and that over 50% of the matter in human beings, 50% of the DNA in human beings is foreign DNA, is bacteria and viruses. And it's his belief that viruses, not even a belief really, it's a fact, that viruses, taking off my sandals here, viruses give human beings important genetic updates. And he believes that this virus, COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, came out of these, it came out of Wuhan, well, Wuhan lab potentially, but if it actually did arise in the wild, it came out of Wuhan because there's massive pollution, air pollution, and particulate matter in the air. And that's one of the reasons he thinks that it was particularly bad in northern Italy, in Los Angeles, in New York City, especially because there's a lot of air pollution. And he holds that the virus's purpose now is to give human beings a genetic update so they can better deal with pollution. I'd love to do an interview with that guy. Really bright mind, Zach Bush. He talks a lot about microbiome. Another thing, there's this big divergence. People think that the best thing to do to avoid this virus, first of all, it's really hard to avoid the virus, can't really hide from it, is to wash your hands all the time, to use bleach and Lysol on all the surfaces, to use alcohol on your hands, to avoid mixing it up with other human beings. But as Zach Bush points out, we have a microbiome on our hands, on our body, a film. We have a gut microbiome, which houses most of our immune system. And Dousing ourselves in alcohol and dousing our homes and the surfaces in bleach and Lysol is destroying the microbiome all around us, weakening our immune system. There's just so many different perspectives. And unfortunately, we have government, which forces one perspective on everyone else. And it's my belief that that's the wrong perspective. But still, nonetheless, to get back to the title of my topic, don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. There's a lot of life to live. I've been living life. Um, my activities haven't significantly changed since COVID-19 started. Sure, there's been parks and amusement parks and stuff that have shut down, but they're all slowly but surely opening up. Here's something that happens in Austin, Texas. For a while, for, for weeks, I only went to one of them because I just discovered it. There was an outdoor rave party going on at a predominant public park in Austin, Texas. And when I strolled onto the scene, there was about 300 people. There was a cluster in front of the DJ booth of like 40 to 50 people sweating and dancing up on one another. There wasn't a big surge or spike. It wasn't a super spreader event. Likewise, old Alex Jones protested uh, the closing of these hiking, hiking trails, these Greenbelt trails in Austin. And he invited a bunch of his listeners and followers to go to 
Barton Springs pool, this natural pool that got shut off and do like a civil disobedience swim, right? It's peak 2020 when swimming at a swimming hole, watering hole, it becomes civil disobedience. But I went to that, not a Jones fan, but I was a fan of that activism. And some folks that are super afraid of COVID said it was a super spreader event. They shared it. All these people were hating, saying this is a super spreader. A bunch of people are going to get sick. I hope that you get sick. And if you get sick, I hope you don't have any care. And basically, like, I hope you die. And now I'm stepping on something that looks like COVID. These little, <laughs> ow, these little pricklies. Sorry, guys. This is John Bush. I'm doing a walk and talk for the podcast audience. We're here in St. Augustine, if you're just joining us, on a lovely beach. I decided to take off my sandals, and now I've stepped in a bunch of sticker burrs, and I'm having trouble navigating my way out of this minefield of sticker burrs. So, kind of hard to think when I'm navigating this stuff. So we went to this, this big swim out, civil disobedience action, and there was no spike afterwards. And what I thought was funny is that people were like, oh, my God, this is going to be a super spreader event. Everybody's going to die because of this. We're so selfish. But what I pointed out is that me and my family had been going to the water park, Typhoon, Texas, literally at least once a week when I had my kiddos. Sometimes we would go, too. We get season passes. And nobody's wearing masks. It's one of the reasons why we go. People are waiting in line to get on the rides, and while they have the little six-feet placards, nobody's honoring them. And I wanted to point out, you know what? We've been doing this for two months now, and there's not some super spreader spike or surge that's taking place. And here we are in Florida. There's not a super spreader spike or surge taking place. So really, you got to realize, look at this litter here on the ground for the video audience. Somebody's littering their mask. Look at that. These masks are really causing a lot of harm. So for those of you that are feeling on the fence, I don't even know how many people in my audience these days are on the fence. Honestly, I've, I've started blocking people that say hateful things and hurtful, nasty things to me. I'm trying to take it personal so it's not really hurtful. But there were people that I had some nice fun engagement with and tried to have cordial debates and see if anyone could learn anything. But nobody was learning anything from anyone. Everyone's dug in their heels. I'm dug in my heels in my position as well. So I don't know. But maybe there's still people in my audience that are hesitant to go out, that are hesitant to visit family and friends. And I just want to throw this message out there that there's a lot of life being lived right now. We, we know what the virus is all about. We know a lot more about the virus than we did before. And it doesn't appear to be as fatal and deadly as originally thought. I know back in January, February, it's like, wow, what's going on? This is kind of kind of uncertain about what to make of this. Uh, should we be really concerned? Should we, should we freak out here? Obviously, you never want to freak out. And then come March, April, as more information started pouring out, it quickly became clear that this isn't this crazy plague that everybody thought it would be. Look at this group here behind me. They're probably not the same household, and they're all hanging out, talking all close, loving life, living life. Beautiful thing about Florida. So it, I think I think that we've had enough time to pass, and I think that there's enough information out there. Look, there's viruses in this world. 
there's risks in this world. We, I wouldn't want to live in a lot in a world without risk. Honestly, that would be a boring world with no adventure, with no change. Right. So there are risks. There are some populations and some groups that are at higher risk than others. A lot of folks that are in nursing homes, a lot of folks that are on assisted care and that have pre-existing conditions and that struggle with health in general, they are at risk from catching SARS-CoV-2. They're at risk from catching the flu or from bacterial infection. So be careful about that. Be protective of that. If you don't have folks like that in your life that you care for, or that you visit regularly, man, I got to tell you, let's get back to life. Let's get back to work. Let's get back to mixing it up. One of the stupidest things that government could do is lock down the economy as they did. It's all part of a program, really. That's another thing that's kind of interesting when you're debating with people and they hold this, this one view of the virus of life. There's a whole nother element to this picture whereby there's oligarchs, there's social engineers, there's master manipulators that are leveraging the virus, whether they created it and unleashed it on the world or not. There's folks that are leveraging this virus in order to create a future that they have pre-planned. The World Economic Forum, for example, this Klaus Schwab guy, they're calling it the Great Reset. They want to create a world where technology and biology merge together, a panopticon, omniscient government, all-knowing, all-powerful government, and they're leveraging COVID for that. You had the event 201 exercise that took place, one that took place prior to that, Crimson Contagion. The Rockefeller Foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has their grubby hands all over this. And you can't examine COVID without examining that aspect of all of this. And so you want to resist that. You want to push back on this new world order. It, you know, the Great Reset is simply a repackaging of the new world order. Well, the thing to do is to go live your life and to encourage other people to live their lives. To not live in fear and to not let COVID dominate your life. This is a really good principle for human beings in general. So you can have a good life, a high quality of life. And if you're concerned about global governance, totalitarian government, it's a good principle and practice in general to live your life where you're not naive to your surroundings, to risks that are out there, as I said earlier. There's risks in the world for everyone, but you don't let those risks and that fear control your life because when you do, you become susceptible to manipulation and social engineering by outside external forces. And we all know that governments and those that leverage government as a means of controlling people use fear to manipulate people and to control populations. It's exactly what we saw take place after 9-11. Who remembers the Department of Homeland Security uh, alert advisory thing, the different terror threat levels? And they're like, oh, we escalated up to an orange. People weren't afraid for a few months. So we, we got the underwear bomber, the shoe bomber. We got to roll out our body scanners now. That was simply manipulation. That was to keep a population in fear so they could continue to roll out 
their police state domestically and the foreign wars of aggression in the Middle East with the foreign policy. And we see the same thing taking place with COVID-19. They need to keep people in fear so they can justify the expansion of the surveillance state through this biosecurity technology, through common pass, COVID pass, the immunity passports that Bill Gates talks about, Global Reset, World Economic Forum, Bill and Melinda Gates, Rockefeller, they're all partnering together with this common pass, which is an immunity passport app, right? They need to keep people in fear to continue to suppress the economy. I believe that is part of the threat here. I believe that part of the play is to destroy the economy, to further put nation states in massive debt so that they can more easily bring forward their great reset. A big part of the great reset has to do with the finances and the economies of governments and countries. They want to basically make countries so desperate that they willingly accept and even applaud a new global financial order. And the way that we overcome that, ladies and gentlemen, I did a podcast and video recently, six ways to overcome the Great Reset, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, and the technocracy. A big part of that is to live your life as a beautiful, free human being, to enjoy life to the fullest. Look, if you're concerned, if you care for an elderly person, a sick person, then take that into consideration. But if you are like a young person or even an older, healthy person, and you're not going to mix it up at the nursing home or volunteer, or you're not taking care of someone that's going through chemotherapy, get out and live the life. Look at this couple here. They're living their life. They're not letting COVID dominate their life. They're enjoying life. Here in Florida, look at everybody. There's nobody wearing masks when they come down to the beach. Everybody's just living their life and enjoying their life. And it's crazy, as I said before, that departure between groups. Where I'm in Austin, Texas, and the mask thing is pretty heavy duty. I hardly wear mine anymore. I wear it to a restaurant that I go to that I, that I wore originally when they put out this ordinance that said the restaurant would be fined $1,000 if people don't wear masks. And I'm like friends with the wait staff and stuff, and everybody wears masks. And there's older folks that eat there all the time and sit right next to me. I don't want to be controversial and shake things up. I just wear it right when I walk in and take it out when I sit. But everywhere else I'm going, I'm not masking it up. I'm just living life and talking to the people whenever they if they ask. Most people don't even ask these days. And I, I think people enjoy seeing beautiful smiles and beautiful pearly white teeth. Although my teeth could go a couple shades whiter. But when we went recently to MidFest in uh, Oklahoma, Spavanaugh, Oklahoma, as soon as we left the city and started driving north on I-35, the mask wearing became a little bit more lax. Well, at least I should say the enforcement of the mask wearing became more lax. There were still a lot of people. We got into a small podunk Oklahoma town and went to a Walmart to pick up some supplies for our little camping trip. And I'd say the mask wearing was about 80%. Here in Florida, the mask wearing is the minority. It's a totally different, totally different picture. And I just want to point out, there's not people dying. There's not people dropping like fry, flies. To the contrary, people are happy, healthy, free, and enjoying life. So I'm going to walk back to the beach and end uh, the broadcast and the podcast. Whenever I get back to the beach, hang out with my fam. And life. Let's see some of your comments here. 
Chris Walden says, I was just in New Mexico. People had masks practically taped to their faces. Yeah, it's crazy how in this American federalism, different states have different vibes entirely. Compare South Dakota to New Jersey, just up the street, Massachusetts. It's nut nuts. Sounds like my kind of event, Sophia Mueller-White says. And then Sophia also laughs at the whole spreader thing. Jay Bell watching on Facebook says, Down here in Panama, Central America, people are brainwashed pretty bad, but there's a significant resistance as well. Keep up the fight. Yeah, I want everyone to remain optimistic. Sophia says, back to raving. Ha, ha, ha. It was a really cool, cool sight to see all those people just living, loving life. Hugs. There was some masks, but it was probably like 5% or 2% of the people wearing, wearing masks. Uncle Kaczynski says, safety is an illusion. Fear is used to manipulate and control. And that's right. And one thing I want to end on, we'll never live in a world without risk. I think Thomas Jefferson said he prefers dangerous liberty to peaceful servitude. And that really rings true. Dangerous liberty to peaceful servitude. Kudos to Thomas Jefferson on that quote, you know. There's a couple, an older couple wearing masks, which is their right. They have a right to do that. All right, so let's end it here as we approach the beach. Life is beautiful. You only get one life to live. We know that the people in power are going to milk this for as much as they can. We know that they have plans for a new normal that isn't a life that I want to be a part of. So it's up to each and every one of us to live our best life, to weigh risks on an individual, on a family level, and to get out there and enjoy things without letting COVID dominate your life. This is John Bush signing out. There's my kiddos, my lovely girlfriend. Wish you peace and freedom. Subscribe to the podcast at livefreenow.show, livefreenow.show. I'm out. Thanks, guys.